0: Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer.
1: And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson.
0: We've reached the end of another season, Melissa.
1: Yes, we have. How did we, we get here? <laughs> I don't know. Through time. Time is the portal that gets us everywhere.
0: <laughs> you know, we are now halfway through the series. I mean, in one sense, we're obviously halfway through the seasons. In terms of episodes, we're actually a little more than halfway through.
1: I know. It blows my mind.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just us today. Clearly, although we have some special guests later on in the episode, this is a little bit of a surprise to Melissa.
1: I'm excited! Wow. But... Ooh, all right. <laughs> I feel, I feel like maybe Peter Krause is just hiding under your bed. <laughs> maybe. All right.
0: He's pretty small. <laughs> he can fit into lots of tight places.
1: Right.
0: well today we're discussing <laughs> parenthood season three episode 18 my brother's wedding it was written by jason Katims, directed by lawrence trilling it originally aired on february 28th 2012 and here's the nbc synopsis the braverman's come together to celebrate a momentous event while julia and joel strive to overcome the emotional roller coaster adopting a child has put them through also, Crosby and Adam decide on the fate of the luncheonette, and Sarah makes a difficult decision about her future. Yeah. Gosh, this was a bummer of an opening montage.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I it had to happen, but it it really broke my heart. Um, and I think I was I, expecting maybe some
0: easing in too. <laughs> nope, just bam. Let's get these folks out of the way, and then we can move on with our celebration.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really seemed to me like This last episode should have been like three episodes, you know, like it was just (laughs) insane how fast everything had to happen. And, you know, I did think they did it really artfully, like my favorite part of the way that those breakups happened, I really liked Lily saying, I hate you. And then it was immediately followed by Joe saying, I don't hate you. I Could thought he'd be more perfect. I, I I know. Just,
0: he should not be that understanding. But.
1: No, he should be a little mad. Like, remember when you told me I had nothing to worry about on that camping trip? <laughs> Look at what happened. So but yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice sort of back and forth montage. And it very neatly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. resolved that.
0: Joe's house looks really beautiful, too
1: i noticed that as well i'm like gosh that is really something that you're giving up but that's I hope he
0: enjoys living there all alone oh,
1: i don't <laughs> think he'll be alone for very long i i i think
0: not i hope not yeah who's is renee seeing anyone no she should <laughs> you know
1: she deserves someone special. she's a
0: lovely woman she is beautiful oh they'd be a great match anyway Uh, here's something cute i
1: liked
2: my mom and dad are getting married no way what are you talking about how did that happen
1: camping camping of course (laughs) no that made me laugh out loud
0: i thought camping
1: of course
0: so cute
1: (laughs) yeah i i really thought that scene was so joyful and it really helped cushion the blow of looking at (laughs) these sad dumped people it's like oh but who cares about them they're getting married (laughs) so it's really nice
0: and I had the same thought as you in terms of, I was like, why the rush on the wedding? The only logical explanation, which of course they can't acknowledge, yeah. is that they only have one episode left in this season. So right. well, we have to do it now because the season's about to end.
1: You know, maybe after everything you've gone through, you just, you're like, we've waited long enough. It was supposed to happen a year ago. Let's just do it. I got the whole city hall thing. But the minute they started talking about doing it like as a wedding, I'm like, what kind of tv magic is this this is just not how it works <laughs> i mean you could do a backyard wedding i think that same week but it would not be that backyard wedding wow, that they yeah. had i was like this is bullshit and you know if i could just for a moment go on a tangent that when zeke says they've got a jack list of wedding assignments and then they were these lame assignments like jordan almond favors and i'm like if you're getting married in three days You cut shit like that right out. No one needs a Jordan (laughs) almond. And I'm like, instead, why don't you tell us who's hanging up all those lanterns? Put Drew and Amy (laughs) on lantern hanging duty. I was like, what are we even talking about? Priorities. And then I was like too distracted to even fully understand it. I'm like, look at this. Who did that? How did that happen? Was that all Camille? Poor Camille and Renee. (laughs) Like it's like Thanksgiving all over again. Anyway, so...
0: Well, this episode on the DVD had commentary from Mae Whitman and the director of the episode, Lawrence Trilling. Fun. And I just want to acknowledge one thing Larry said <laughs> in the commentary. Here's who really hung up all those lights.
3: So this is, I just want to shout out really quick to our production designer, Stephen Jordan. He designed mm. this whole world of Zeke and Camille's house. This was previously just a parking lot on the, on the, um, Whoa. On the lot of uh, the Universal Studios, but what it had going for it was a beautiful tree cover all around that looked mm. like Northern California. And Stephen took me out there and said, this is going to be Zeke's place. I said, I can't. I don't see it mm. and then he he drew a picture of it for me using the basically the only thing that was that I had reference to were the trees and I mm. said I uh, still don't see it but I trust <laughs> you so make it happen and there it is that's amazing Ugh,
4: that's so nice I I like to just go up there and like read or something during lunch whenever we're working uh, in the stages because it's just so pleasant up there
1: Oh, that's lovely are those the special guests that you were talking about
0: no, no. Oh, okay
1: alright I'm excited alright
0: We talk about how beautiful Zeke and Camille's yard is, even when there's not a wedding going on. I thought we should give a shout out to the production designer because that is who's doing all of this. (laughs) That's who's on all the lights and the crew and whatever. But Yeah. yeah, it's very rushed.
1: I have one more thought about it being really rushed. I wondered why, I get that they only had one episode left. And also I think maybe at the time it wasn't as much in fashion to do like a flash forward But, like, why not just set the episode a couple months later? Oh, yeah. You know, like, if a lot of stuff's going to go down. They did that, actually. I think it was season three finale of Friday Night Lights. Um, They had Billy and Mindy's wedding. And I think they just had it months later. They could have done that as well. I don't know why they didn't. It's fine that they didn't. It was a great episode. I just, it was distracting. It took me out a little.
0: Good point. Yeah. And, you know, I think... Since you mentioned it, you've tripped our
1: Friday Night Lights Lights! Lights alert. (laughs) Speaking of Billy.
0: Yes, Billy is Derek Phillips from Friday Night Lights, plain Billy.
1: But a different Billy. I noticed that they used his last name and I was glad because I'm like, is this supposed to be Billy Riggins?
0: (laughs) Crosby is somehow related to Billy Riggins.
1: But yes, playing the character we've never heard
0: of before, but now he's the new best man.
1: (laughs) Wait, did we hear of him? I was trying to remember this. In the episode where they all play poker and they were talking about some loser friend of Crosby's and they're like, we can't ask him. Was that him?
5: Well, how about my buddy Billy? 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 Mm-hmm. from high school mm-hmm. no no no, no. Uh-uh. what's wrong with billy he's insane no way that's a veto you don't get to veto you get a vote i vote no what are you talking about we're trying to
6: find You're another player for a poker game yeah and crosby wants billy
2: billy from high school yeah he's insane
0: out of his mind oh, no perfect. he is uniquely eccentric maybe it was like a blanche situation we've, <laughs> we've mentioned them
1: once before let's do it yeah did you like that whole storyline replacing adam etc
0: i really hated it on my first watch it just felt so ridiculous i mean i don't even know what to say about their fight i hated i hated the fight it seemed and that it was in front of everyone it also it weirdly really bothered me that it was in front of renee and seku it's like you're bringing these people into your family you're joining these two families together and not only are you not on your best behavior, you're throwing salsa all over each other. Yeah. And I, I, just, I mean, I guess I should maybe be more upset that they were doing it like in front of Jabbar and yeah. Yeah. Sydney and a infant. But... Yeah. <laughs>
1: And Max, who then is like, you know, talking about how they should get consequences. I'm like, you know, yeah. trying to teach these people not to fight. And maybe here's what really got me. I can forgive a lot of things if it's funny. And I did not think it was funny. I just thought it was cringy. I I just yeah. I didn't believe it and I didn't find it funny. And so I just. Yeah. The
0: only funny thing I thought was you could hear Amber twice say, is this happening? <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, the only thing I found funny, like similarly, was um, Miles Heiser's expression. I, I can't even describe it. It like flipped on him and he was just like sort of strangely amused. But like, like it was just very subtle. It was great. And so I did enjoy that. But I,
0: I also liked afterwards in that scene with Max, you know, Max is trying to ask which one of them won. Did Dad <laughs> win? Did Crosby win? I liked how Christina said, well, they both lost because they lost control of their emotions and acted like children. It's like,
1: hey, man,
0: that is good parenting. They did both lose.
1: Yeah, it made me laugh the way she delivered that, too. It was That, that was funny. There was some funny fallout. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I get that it's a big deal, this selling it or not selling it. And I believe that they would be... In a fight, but I didn't think it would be a physical altercation like that.
0: Yeah. And in the previous episode, Adam just wanted to have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And Crosby refused. Yeah. And then Adam in this one admits that he met with the guy anyway, which I understand why Crosby would be upset. And I think it's reasonable to be upset. But even then, they still didn't really have a conversation about it. Yeah. Like, talk about it. Why are you upset about selling? I mean, I guess he did say, maybe there's just nothing to discuss. I don't want to sell. Yeah. And maybe that's it. But I don't know. It seemed like they just leapt right over any steps to avoiding a fight. Yeah. Right to a fight.
1: And I just felt so bad for Jasmine. Like you were just talking about her mother and brother, and that's a good call too. But like, I just thought she's just given up the perfect man for Crosby <laughs> and they're <laughs> for, pl- this. <laughs> for this. Yeah. And like planning. <laughs> <It's mess. laughs> yeah. And like, I get that it's going to be sort of a casual wedding in her mind and they were going to just go to city hall, but now it's turning into a real wedding. And I don't think it's like being a quote unquote bridezilla or something to care that the wedding party who was, going to be family is now going to be random Billy who like gets drunk. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be different if he was truly someone Crosby loved. And she's like, I've always known this about you. You and Billy are a package deal. <laughs> but it's like, who the hell is this stranger? Adam is your best man. He yeah. will give a good toast and not be embarrassing. And and I I don't know. I just thought this is kind of embarrassing. And yeah. and
0: just so childish. I, I'm not sure I bought it even from Crosby. Yeah. That he was so mad in that moment that he couldn't rise above and realize I have one brother. We're close. Yeah. That's gonna be my best man, even if I'm ticked off at him right now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean I get it. I get that it would be awkward to stand up there together when you're going through a real rift, but rise above. Yeah.
1: Yeah having said that i did think Derek phillips was funny and i i, I think oh just, just just plopping him into that world is funny especially him and sarah like i was like well, this is comedy gold i just i did really <laughs> enjoy that so
7: damn woman you still look every bit as fine as you did the day i met you <laughs> still there, isn't it <laughs> the
2: chemistry <laughs> is that what it is been wondering what that feeling I had was. I <laughs> wanna get out of here. You know I would, but um, it's my brother's wedding so I think no for tonight. <laughs> very very charming I'll
7: offer. Check back with you later.
1: Should <laughs> do little finger gun <laughs> thing again. Yeah,
0: no. and then later on, when she's like, "I've been looking for you," okay, you go that way, I'll go this way.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. I also
0: noted I liked the uh, nickname Crossballs.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, and it made me laugh way harder than it should have when he was talking to Nora. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, little guy. Hey, buddy. Hey, guy. Hey, little guy." yeah it was good and i don't know if i would have found it as funny if i didn't already like that actor from friday night lights you know yeah yeah there was just something fun about seeing him and yeah
0: yeah well let's discuss a little bit the fallout of amber and bob okay first off think big vote little whoever came up with that is a A
1: genius genius. i thought the same thing (laughs) I'm like that is so good
0: (laughs) that is an a plus slogan Let's discuss Christina and Bob's scene early on. Christina, we need to talk.
2: Yes, we do. I just got you $10,000 more for this campaign. This is a pretty good system I've Christina, come Christina, yeah. we
7: still work together. We're 15 feet away. And you're sending me emails.
2: Yes, I am. Bob, look, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I think that you're, you're a great politician. And I think that we have a great shot at winning this election. I, I do, but... I don't trust you anymore, I just don't. I mean everything that happened with Amber in Sacramento and it's really hard to look at you face to face every single day and and lie about it. That I will not do. I put my little girl in daycare to come work for you and I like my job, I really do, but this is, Amber's my niece.
7: Christina, we've known each other for a long time, you know I'm not a bad guy. Now forgive me that i develop developed feelings for a capable, smart, beautiful young woman. Whom you put into my life because you trusted her and you believed in her. So I hope you'll be able to accept that and move on because I need you on this campaign.
0: I hope you accept that this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> He's like king of the gaslighters. Kind of what he was saying at the end. Yeah. I don't, I'm just, I'm firmly in the Bob is a villain camp now. Uh-huh. And if I force myself. To see his perspective, I can. But what always snags me is him making Amber his assistant. Mm -hmm. You know, if he developed feelings for someone on the campaign, fine. You can't help who you fall for, I guess. But a campaign is temporary. Like, maybe just hold off on a relationship until it's over. Okay, but even putting that aside, the only reason he was able to steal Amber from Christina to be his own assistant is because he's the candidate. He's the top of the campaign hierarchy. And that I just don't see any way around that being a flagrant abuse of power. Yeah. Why did Amber need to be his assistant? It just feels like manipulation. And I also don't understand why he's mad at Christina at all. She didn't quit. Yeah. She's there. She's doing her job. Yeah. She's not making a stink about what happened when she's perfectly within her rights to do so. If he has a problem for some reason with her performance, like I said, he's the head of the campaign. It's his right to tell her or fire her, but it seems like she's doing just fine. So I don't know what he's muffin bribing her for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had this feeling like I was being gaslighted weirdly. Like, I felt like in this episode, the whole, like all nuance was sort of removed and it was like, audience, you may have been wondering if we're presenting Bob as a good guy or not. And we are, he's a good guy. Yeah. Everyone just get on board. This was just one of those things. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, f- I felt very resentful of that. I'm like, don't just, yeah, bribe Christina with muffins. And, and when, you know, Amber was describing the situation to Sarah I was like it is, is I, I don't know like the way she was like yeah he's a great guy and she you know Sarah's like well you have to pick one and I'm like was that an option that was never given to her as an option right and and I still firmly believe that and and only at the end of the episode Bob's like well of course yes and I'm like uh, you never phrased it like that before ever this feels yeah. like a retcon to me anyway
0: I had the same same feeling in that scene with Sarah it's like well now the show is just in the camp of They're just a regular old couple. It's just their pesky jobs standing in the way of their love. And Amber's just at home, not showering, because she's just lovesick, not because she's been through something. I'm like, no, I don't, I I don't know. Yeah, she's been taken
1: advantage of, and she's processing it. That's why she hasn't been showering, I thought. Yeah, what the hell? hell?
0: And And maybe we have been misinterpreting the whole time. But I just think it's a shame because I think our interpretation is richer and darker and more complex. But
1: I also wonder, whatever you know, like sometimes my students will say this, you know, they'll be like, when we read a book and someone tosses out an interpretation, they will want to say, well, what did the author intend? And to some degree, it doesn't matter what the author intended. If it's there, like if the text evidence supports the theory, and so it actually makes me wonder if in 2012, if this isn't what they intended. If they did intend it to just be like you know this sweet romance where their pesky jobs got in the way, but you know interpretations of things change over time constantly, and it you know I I think we were not reading into something that wasn't there, but that that. I think we were on to something real, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was intended, but that doesn't invalidate it either. And so that's interesting. That's an interesting yeah. thing about interpretation.
0: I selected a few clips from Mae Whitman's commentary about mm. this storyline. Cool. Where she talks a little bit about this. Here's one of them.
4: I felt that it was really important to make sure that Amber's struggle was coming through here, and her tone, and also that this making this decision is ultimately showing her growth, you know, and her maturity. And we talked about this for a long time, and what the scene was going to be. This was another one where, you know, Larry just sort of we understood the writing and where it needed to go, and then just let me go for it and get everything out that I needed to get out to him. And you know, I think that's what it would be for a teen girl that's messy and confused and not exactly sure. And I don't think she thought about what she was going to say. She just. Knew she had to get it out to him and you know like another in the other scene, you know Lauren says something like he sounds like a cool guy I mean, can't you just go talk to him? And I just think that that's something that you know my parents would say and he is he's a cool guy and uh, You know so her struggle really here is it's just she's not prepared to be able to focus on this work That's already so hard for her and you know, she needs to be alone. She needs to find her own path She needs to really understand her direction and where she's comfortable and focus on herself before she can be giving to someone else and you know being in a relationship especially one with that's you know beautiful and healthy is takes a lot of work and I think she just knows she's not ready for that and you know it's so sad and she just she couldn't swing it you know she needs to get her path better first and it's just so wonderful that he understands and that he was sad and you know it's nice that she was able to communicate that you really have helped me see the good parts about me you know it's it's an amazing feeling when a young girl gets with a guy that makes her understand you know how wonderful she is i think that's rare obviously for amber as far as guys too
0: absolutely
1: oh i hated that so much so much
0: watching your face during that (laughs) just hopeful and then falling and then disgusted and.
1: yeah I, uh, well, here's the thing. If he was, if it's as simple as what a cool guy, and this has the potential to be healthy and beautiful words she just used. If if it were that simple, then I don't see why she would have to choose between the relationship and the job. I feel like she would just make it work. Good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of an example. I have worked with people before, who like ended up marrying each other. And usually they were both teachers. So it wasn't like one was a principal and one was a teacher, but like it can happen and that's messy, but it's like worth it if it's real love and it's like healthy and beautiful. And so I think if what Amber really had with Bob is what Mae Whitman was describing there, then you, you, you make that happen despite the odds probably. But that's not what she has. She has this power imbalance and she has manipulation and he has put her through something.
0: Yeah. And again, I ask, why did he make her his assistant? Yeah. Like if you're going to date someone you work with, yes, that could be messy. But she was there every day already. It's not like, well, he never gets to see her if she's Christina's assistant. No, he saw her all the time. That to me, it seems like... If we were misinterpreting, yeah. I would argue, well, we were led to misinterpret, mm-hmm. particularly by him making her his assistant. Yeah. That didn't need to happen no. unless you were developing Bob's character as a little bit of a manipulator or yeah. a lot of bit of a manipulator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just, again, that's where I get hung up. I'm like, yeah. I, I can see a storyline about I'm dating someone at work and it's really complicated but I'm not being taken advantage of. But especially with that twist to it, I don't see this as that.
1: I feel like what May Whitman was just describing was like Hattie and Alex who worked together and technically Alex was the boss, but that yeah. was really healthy and beautiful. And, and he did help her, I think, find herself. And because like all the things that May Whitman just said, I think applies to that relationship. And... And what else I-
0: didn't say, Hattie, you're not going to help with X, Y, and Z at the food bank anymore. You're just going to be my assistant.
1: Right. No. Yeah. It was
0: a mutual, they were gradually, whatever.
1: It's totally different in my opinion. And I, yeah, you really saw those two characters like fall for each other. And I feel like with Amber and Bob, you saw one character sort of manipulate and lead on another character and and I just I hated all the unraveling of that they did in this episode where he was just like yeah I'm disappointed and I'm sad and I'm like yeah I I don't know if I even trust you or believe you and and none of this is Jonathan Tucker's fault I thought he did a great job whatever whatever the writing said to say he did it well but it just felt to me like You know, it kind of reminded me of how some shows would have, like, a character go have an abortion, but then at the last minute, they would sort of lose their nerve or, like, be afraid of the consequences of, like... Anyway, and then they would just have the character have, like, um, a miscarriage instead. That might sound like a totally weird... (laughs) That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Uh What? (laughs)
0: is that on a lot of shows
1: it's on party of five that's the only one i can think of um but yeah maybe it's not in as many as i thought um but a sort
0: of chickening out
1: a chickening out we're gonna
0: ask you to relate to this character making a choice that might be off-putting to a lot of people yeah we're gonna make you see it through their eyes oh never mind yeah we think that would make them a bad person yeah and so we're not gonna do it
1: yeah, look, Bob is Little's just nice. A little nice.
0: cowardly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Bob, Bob Little's been great all along. Anything that you read into him, it, th- that, yeah. And I f- yeah. find that awful. Like, just go there, you know? But again, then I'm like, well, maybe the whole world was just that different nine years ago, and they just didn't see all the manipulation that we see. I- Although they clearly had
0: Christina viewing the situation that yeah. way. Yeah. that scene with her and Sarah, which I loved. I mean, I love that friction yeah between two different perspectives on it yeah but now it seems like the show yeah is recasting it all it's like well yeah Christina was wrong all along she did just overreact no what yeah and yeah and I I agree like I'm glad I, I guess that Bob was honorable enough to let Amber have her job without dating him but like you I don't understand then why that wasn't the offer all along right and I don't understand why the onus was put on Amber to have to ask for that like no amber you cry before him and beg for yeah that option absolutely when in reality no bob should have just given you that option days ago or weeks ago however much time has passed
1: yeah and he made it seem like well of course and then he, he,
0: and then he emerges looking like the good guy yeah oh, what a what a prince no no <laughs> he should have been offering this to her any, well, here's another thing May Whitman mentioned about this moral ambiguity.
4: You know, there is no right or wrong. And that's that's another thing on parenthood. I think we really like it's important to us to to show both sides. You know, there is uh, there is not a right and a wrong in a lot of situations. It's, you know, a matter of opinion. I mean, after the, you know, the Bob Little stuff, I was getting lots of Twitter stuff like, oh, you know, obviously, it's completely wrong. She works for him, and she's young, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's so obvious. What do you think, you know? And then on the other side, it's like, what are you talking about? She's almost 20. She's seeing a guy who's a few years older. It's not, you know, it's going to be fun. Like, and, you know, everybody gets to have their own thing. And then afterwards, you know, when I'm in Nashville visiting my boyfriend's family, like, after an episode, we all sit down and we're like, all right, so what did you think about the cigarettes and this and that? And that? you know, and we all have, like, a family discussion.
0: Sort of like a podcast. <laughs> Please come on the podcast,
4: May, May Whitman.
1: Whitman. <laughs> you no, know, that's yeah, totally answer true. some of
0: these charges. No, <laughs> <I'm kidding.
1: laughs> well, and it would be really interesting to know if May Whitman would see it differently now. You know, there, I think there's a big chance she would, um, but I don't yeah. mean to speak for her. I don't know that, of course. But yeah, and I do absolutely agree with her that, of course, this is a show you can have hours long discussions about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jonathan Tucker, a little tidbit I learned from the commentary.
3: Yes, well. That- again, and this is Monica. another one of your contributions. So this was Jonathan Tucker. Yes, played, it you're right. was your idea to cast him. I was so extremely, was
4: extremely aggressively pining for him. He's an old, old friend of mine. And I remember the first time I saw him act was in, we went to the same acting class and the same acting teacher, Andrew McGarrian, and he, uh, Tucker got up to do something and I was just like, whoa, this guy is so good. And so he was always like a brother to me growing up. But um, once I saw him act, I was like, it would be a dream to be able to act with him in something. And
1: that was really interesting that she and Jonathan Tucker were old friends. That's, that's cool. And I could see where that
4: would really work to this
1: storyline's advantage. Like, you know, a familiarity there that, you know, might be comfortable or off putting depending on your perspective, I guess. But I will say uh, Jonathan Tucker is in a few other things that I'd kind of forgotten about. Virgin suicides. Did you ever see that movie? I didn't. It's really good, but he's like the, the main sort of boy who like lives across the street and watches this family of five beautiful sisters. And he's, I, I don't know how old he is, 14 or 15. And then I've only seen this movie once and I haven't, it hasn't been recently. So I anyway, it was interesting. Mark and I were just talking about the movie Sleepers recently and we were trying to like remember it. Mm. And I was just like, I am With like
0: Kevin Bacon, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad Renfro was. He yeah. There?
1: Brad Renfro was the young Brad Pitt. Billy Crutup is in it, too. And I was just IMD being it. And um, Jonathan Tucker was the young Billy Crudup.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: I I did not remember that at all. And so now it kind of made me want to go back and rewatch it. Anyway, yeah, I think he is a really good actor. And uh, the range, I mean, he can play anything. I (laughs) I mentioned that. you know skinhead movie so right. yeah yeah he was really great
0: yeah although i'm not sad that we won't be seeing any more of him
1: or will we oh <laughs> no spoilers stick around <laughs> listeners slash viewers that will be the reason they keep
0: listening to us they're like i gotta know bob's coming back maybe is this another googie grass situation yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. shift a little bit to the fallout of Julia and Zoe. Oh, my God. The first scene in this episode was Camille and Joel putting baby clothes away. And I liked them together. It's, that seemed like a kind of new combo. Yeah. They both seem soft-spoken and yeah. sane <laughs> yeah. among the pair
1: and they're like, both oh, maybe, married to people who like overtake them all yeah. the time
0: <laughs> and maybe they're birds of a feather yeah uh, i wondered though just your opinion did you think that what camille said was a little bit i told you so
1: yes i wrote that in my notes i'm like why is she taking this opportunity to i told you so joel like it's about as nicely done as it could be but it's still there and i'm like this is not the purpose of helping them right now like There's no reason to do that. Like, that's just hurtful. It bothered me a lot more than it bothered Joel, seemingly, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, he kind of seemed to roll with it. I was kind of shocked at how together Julia seemed sort of all throughout this episode.
1: Yeah. I feel like it was because there wasn't enough time to have her fall apart again. And maybe I'm wrong, but like, just the the sheer pace of this episode was a little exhausting to me and it was yeah, because it was point. so crammed you know I, th- I think that there wasn't a lot of room for stuff like that I
0: did notice that Sydney while well, in this episode I don't think she spoke mm. and I think there could have been really uncomfortable but riveting scenes of trying to explain to Sydney what's going on here like we spent months yeah preparing you to have a brother For that to all... Oh, never mind. Yeah. Sydney's going to have some questions.
1: It's too bad because I feel like they spent all season crafting this really interesting layered story. And then they had to wrap it up so fast. And, you know, it also makes me wish that they'd already known that they were going to have a season four. Because I totally get why Victor shows up here. That is just a lovely note to end on if it is the end and at the same time lets you really look forward to something if it's not the end but i just feel like whole just whiplash you know i'm like that would have been a really interesting thing to introduce you know in the premiere of the next season i feel like and then they could have just truly dealt with the fallout of this instead of well uh, never mind who cares welcome victor you know (laughs) on to the next thing you know it's just a thought
0: well see and i didn't think it was a good note to end on if this had ended up being the series finale like this show about a big big family ends with one of the couple's Mm. and a new child that they've just met. Yeah. Bye forever, television (laughs) audience. That's a good
1: point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I thought of it more like, it's hopeful, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. And I did think that. But I did think it was a good semi-cliffhanger for a season finale. Yeah. But we do meet a new cast member. What's the situation?
2: His mother's been incarcerated. She's released the rights of her child to keep him out of the foster system. Can tell you more later, but. What I need from you now is a verbal confirmation that this is something you want to do. Yes. Yes. This is Victor.
6: Hi. Hi, Victor, I'm. I'm Joel. And this is Julia.
8: Do you want to come inside? (gasps) Sure. All right. right. David, are you hungry? A little bit. All right. See with that. I,
1: you know, I know he just says like one word essentially, but I was like damn, that is some great acting, like, yeah. <laughs> like just the way he looked down and it was just like the sure, you know, I feel like I've met students who are from kind of troubled backgrounds and, and, you know, who aren't very trusting of adults and they're really guarded. I felt like he conveyed all of that with just one very brief scene. I was so impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And just how cute. I know he's adorable. His
0: little Jolo Marituania. <laughs> if you're new to parenthood and don't recognize him as Victor, you probably know him best from Cobra Kai on Netflix, which he is in now as an adult. Yeah. But he like you, I agree with you. He's so great here. I wish I understood better the legal details. Yeah. <laughs> of what's happening here. Now i looked up the term sky baby.
1: I tried to. I couldn't really find anything.
0: Most of what you find is about this episode. Mm. But there there were references, some, that I found to sky babies, also sometimes called stork drop adoptions. Oh. It seems like the more respectful term for this, though, is baby born. Okay. A baby born adoption. Meaning a sudden placement of a baby that is already born rather than an adoption for a baby yet to be born.
8: Yeah. And
0: once I read that I was like, "Oh, sky baby does sound kind of disrespectful like, yeah, it just fell out of the sky."
1: Yeah, some no, about that term. No, they were already born.
0: It's a baby <laughs> born or, you know, in Victor's case, he's not a baby.
1: That's what I was about to say. So when they went in there and said they were going to widen the parameters, I was really listening since I knew Victor was coming. I was listening for Joel to say age, you know, but all he said was you know, all races and ethnicities, boy, girl, whatever. We just want to have a baby. And I thought, what parameters did you have before? You know, did it have to be a white male boy? (laughs) You know what I'm like? I just didn't understand. Cause then I was like, well, to get really technical, I don't think Zoe is white. So I thought, wouldn't they have, you know, said any ethnicity before? Because that's what they, you know, they thought they were adopting a non-white baby. Yeah. Cause I was just waiting for him to say, it doesn't have to be a baby because then it would make sense when Victor shows up. But like literally in that same scene, Julia says, we just want a baby. So then Victor shows up and I'm like,
0: here's this seven to 10 year old.
1: Right. I'm like, what? I mean, I think that's awesome. I remember the first yes. time I saw this, I was like, what a beautiful conclusion to the Zoe storyline and a new beginning for, for this, for the, the Victor years. I loved it. And I still do. I'm just really confused by the whole scene where he says the parameters thing but doesn't mention age and then Julia still specifically uses the word baby. I yeah. don't know. I don't
0: know. Well, And so Loretta, I don't think they said that was her name, but on IMDB, the okay. social worker gotcha. said her name was Loretta. She said that Victor's mother released her rights in order to keep him out of the foster care system. So does that mean that he has just instantly skipped right to adoption like did they just adopt him i mean i don't think that's what happened But she specifically said this is happening so that he doesn't go to foster care right and if that's the case what kind of loophole is it that allows an adoption to just be revoked right and the rights revert back to the birth parent so like if victor's mom gets out of jail yeah she can just come back and say i want my child back now even though you adopted him what? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I
1: don't understand. But how that I works. have no yeah. clue,
0: and and that I didn't even really try to look up. I thought,
1: well, it's so complicated. Better to
0: just say I don't know than, be like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, audience, here's what I learned from googling this for ten minutes. Yeah, I feel okay with you know burger restaurants in Berkeley and real estate <laughs> prices, but maybe not human adoption. But I agree with you. I appreciated that they were willing to take a child who wasn't a newborn from everything I hear it's much harder for older children to be adopted. Yeah. Which just rips my heart apart. Yeah. That there are kids feeling unwanted because they aren't cute little blank slates. Right. And they're just becoming more and more unwanted every day as they age. It's just awful. As they commit the crime of aging.
1: Yeah. I I agree. (laughs) Well, and (laughs) and, (laughs) I got
0: very worked up about it.
1: (laughs) No, I think that's beautiful what you just said. And I think you're absolutely right. And there's something so powerful about what they're about to do i mean taking victor in i mean that that is potentially going to change his whole life but it's also going to change theirs i mean that in both good and really hard ways you know i mean that is and having a baby would too don't get me wrong but you're right like of course you you the the baby doesn't bring its own special baggage in a way that a 7 to 10 year old does. I wonder how old he is supposed to be.
0: Or like along those lines, I would guess he's older than Sydney. He yeah. looks older than Sydney.
1: Yeah, to me too.
0: Preparing Sydney to have a newborn baby brother is quite different yeah. from saying Sydney, you're not the oldest child in our family anymore. Right. What? Yeah. I mean, totally. and in some ways that's trivial, but that's a big change. Yeah. And like did they consult Sydney in all of this? It's,
1: I don't think so. And I'm not the saying thing, yeah, they necessarily
0: should have, Right,
1: but
0: they are thoughtful, caring parents. I'm sure they would want any situation to be presented to Sydney in a way that she would feel comfortable and safe and know what's going on. Yeah. But they left her at the wedding. It looks like Yep, <laughs> we're going to go pick up a new child that we didn't tell you about.
1: Yeah. It's intense. I mean, and... It makes
0: me excited for season four.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And it's all good stuff but but yeah I mean it, I, really again it's just like whiplash I'm just like whoa <laughs> okay so and I don't even know if I noticed that in the past I think I just kind of went with it but again following these storylines so closely it's like wow well, alright. When
0: speaking of whiplash I whiffed right past the little bit of closure that we did get with the Zoe storyline.
2: Is that your mom? Good. She's helping. Troy? No, Troy.
8: Good. I didn't Um... know. I, I swear to you, I didn't know until he was born. And I'm so sorry. How is he? He's beautiful. Julia.
1: You changed my life. What were your thoughts on that scene?
0: I did vaguely remember that maybe Zoe came back. I couldn't rem- I couldn't remember if I was inventing that memory. Oh yeah. Last time. Yeah. I was so relieved watching it that it was civil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I couldn't. Obviously couldn't remember if Julia was a total bitch to her or (laughs) kind of understanding. And I I thought Julia, it was clearly painful for her and she didn't say much. Neither of them actually said very much. Yeah. But I thought it was fairly gracious. Zoe seemed happy, even though she was crying. I mean, just the magic of a good actress like Rosa Salazar, I guess. She seemed at peace in a way that felt impossible even just last episode. Yeah. Like, oh, she is going to be okay, isn't she? Yeah. And when Julia headed to the kitchen before going out, I immediately wondered, is she going to get Zoe's watch? Her oh, nice. Watch?
1: I didn't put that together. And I'm,
0: and I'm so glad that that is what it was. I also thought it was so funny. It's <laughs> such a weird thing to fixate on. I wondered if she was going to get it because that's where I remembered Zoe giving Julia the watch. Right. And I'm sure that's what the director or writer or whoever thought in this episode in terms of where is Julia going to go to get the watch? Well, to the kitchen. But in reality, I don't think she would have kept it. In the <laughs>
1: that's a good <laughs> like, point. Zoe
0: hands her the watch, and Julia puts it like in the cookie jar for safekeeping. <laughs> you know, I think she would put it in a drawer, or although maybe in a kitchen drawer.
1: Well, but I would have thought like probably up in her bedroom, or right, maybe like even a in a or, safe or something like a fireproof yeah. box, like where you put your you know sentimentally valuable things. Um, yeah, but I never would have thought of that though. That's a that's a very astute But I thought it was a nice
0: gesture to To I mean, first of all she should get the watch back. Right. And it was a nice way for Julia, if Julia wasn't capable at this point in time of really saying anything. Right. It was a nice gesture to say, like, I don't hate you. Yeah. I I wish you well. But this is really painful. A weird bit of irony occurred to me on my second watch with this scene. Zoe says Julia changed her life. And we kept noting throughout this season that Zoe wanted a closed adoption. And Julia and Joel just sort of trampled all over that. Right. But, and I could be wrong, but if Zoe had gotten to have a completely closed adoption, I feel like she might have gone through with it. She might have. Only by Julia interfering to the degree that she did, did Zoe end up taking the baby from Julia.
1: Interesting.
0: And her having the baby feels like a positive, life-changing thing for Zoe. Like, I thought, is Zoe saying, you changed my life because I'm keeping my son? And now I'm a mother, and I feel a purpose or happiness or whatever, aside from you changed my life because I'm getting my GED. You know, like, no, no, no. no. It's not anything that small. It's something more profound.
1: I also think that maybe you changed my life means maybe this idea of you set me on this path to getting a GED, getting out of a relationship where the guy was very controlling, believing I deserved better, believing I could be a mother, you know, believing that there, you know, because I think part of the reason she was giving her baby up was she just thought she was such a mess and that there was nothing good about her. And, you know, Julia just kept telling her how brave she was and, you know, how strong and, and. That's so true.
0: You know, when she's giving birth, Or when she's trying to break up with Troy. Yeah. Julia tells her, you're strong. In moments where Zoe clearly doesn't believe it. And then with the whole GED thing. Yeah. Zoe says, you think the baby's going to come out dumb like me? And Julia says, you're not dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like maybe no one was ever telling Zoe that stuff. Yeah. You're not weak. You're not stupid. That would change your life if you believed it. And Zoe said she loved her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't know. It's so funny to me how we're probably just supposed to see that storyline as heartbreaking, but I really think it's kind of beautiful, especially now that we know that Julie and Joel get Victor and that's so good for Victor and I think it's ultimately good for them, you know, and, and it just kind of feels like, well, how can you be mad at anybody? It all just worked out the way it's supposed to, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do feel like Zoe's going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm very happy for her.
1: Me too. I really loved her like I'm just oh my gosh me too I wish that she was just then going to be in their lives but it totally makes sense that she's not you know oh this is the dumbest expression that I'm about to quote to you Caleb it's so lame but you know it's like have you ever heard people say people are in your life for a reason a season or a lifetime have you ever heard that Maybe it's dumb, but like, okay. So, you know, you're Maybe on
0: a green card. Right. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. It's so
1: bad. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> but I actually think there's a lot of wisdom in that corny, corny saying, you know, like you, you, you know, you're in my life for a lifetime. Um, yes. Right now we're doing the podcast, but that's not like what brought us together. And we'll certainly be friends, you know, after it's over, you know, so even though we have a reason right now to be hanging out, that's not it. But like, it feels like with uh, Julia and Zoe, there was a reason. And once that reason was done, they were done. And that doesn't make it any less beautiful or meaningful or life changing or special. You know, not every romantic relationship or friendship has to last a lifetime to have been significant, you know, or to have impacted your life. And uh, true. So anyway,
0: let's shift to Sarah and Mark. Okay. Early in the commentary during Sarah and Mark's first scene when Mark is visiting Sarah at the bar, I just thought I'd share a little of Mae <laughs> Whitman gushing.
4: Oh, fun. Here's Look how another... cute Jason Ritter is. He's just
0: the most
3: adorable man <laughs> he alive. He
4: is, and she looks so beautiful. I want them to have so many babies <laughs> and then give them to me.
3: <laughs> so well, good. we're going to find out if uh, Jason's going to continue to be on our show or not, depending Woo! on what happens with his other show. Jenny. Written by Jason so, this There's is my the...
4: best
1: friend Sarah.
3: She's amazing.
1: Oh, that's... I'm glad you played that. Uh, And she's
0: referring to Sarah Ramos. Oh. At that point, it goes to the next scene.
1: Gotcha. Oh, that's her best friend, Sarah? I love that.
0: Yeah. Larry mentions Jason's other show. That was a pilot that Jason Kadams was developing at the time for NBC called County. I don't even remember that. I didn't either until someone mentioned it on Twitter. And I was like, What? But it was a show called County about doctors at an LA County hospital. It starred Jason Ritter and included Michael B. Jordan on the cast.
1: Wow. The
0: show ultimately was not picked up
1: with that cast? Are you kidding me?
0: If it had been, though, presumably Mark would have been written off of Parenthood.
1: Well, I know that I was always hoping that he would not be written off the show. I feel like that was always a threat you know, like, like
0: he's on the event, but now he isn't. Right.
1: And I kept just sort of always rooting for his success not to happen because I wanted him to be on this show, which makes me feel a little bit like a jerk because I do think Jason Ritter should be a lot more famous right now in 2021 than he is. Like maybe one of those shows should have worked out. Maybe I, maybe it's my fault. I was cursing his, you know, pilots and I I shouldn't have.
0: Well, and it makes me wonder a little bit, if there were ever discussions about him just joining the cast of Parenthood. Yeah. You know, that he's, okay, you're part of it. You're getting engaged to Sarah and now your name is in the full-time credits. Don't go looking for another job. You're yeah. in the contract here. Maybe he didn't want that. Maybe they couldn't afford to add another cast member. I mean, it's a large cast already. Right. Maybe they didn't want to just marry off all the siblings. I mean, they just married the third of four. Right. And they're all in kind of this, you know, it's not like, well, one of them's in a gay marriage or one of them's in a polyamorous marriage. You right. know, it's here's three straight marriages. One yeah. of them is interracial, I suppose, but they never delved into that. Yeah. So maybe they thought, well, we need variety. So Sarah shouldn't get married. Yeah. I don't know. But, if you were always worried about losing Jason Ritter, then just...
1: Lock him down. down. <laughs> yeah. It does make me wonder. Yeah, I guess I did always assume it was him. Not in an ungrateful way, but in a like, this is my shot kind of way. You know, I'm I'm young and I've got some real momentum going from parenthood. You know, I got the Emmy nomination. People seem to like me. If I want to become kind of a big deal, this is my shot. But yeah, now that you mention it, I actually have no idea. Maybe he would have loved to have been a regular. In which case, why didn't they? Okay, whatever. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, it certainly seems in this episode like they initially were setting it up to just get him off the show.
2: Honey, what if I can't have children?
0: Then Then we can't have them.
2: I'm not sure I want to. I mean, I want to. For you, but I'm not sure it's the right thing for me.
7: I I thought, I thought you were. I'm sorry. I thought you were sure. I I thought I was too. Well, then, uh, then I I don't have to have kids.
2: Don't
7: say that. I don't. I don't need that.
2: You don't know that. I mean, you don't know, you know. And 10 years from now, it might be too late to change your mind. I don't
7: care. I love you. I love you, and you love me. And that's, that's all that matters.
2: No, it's not. I couldn't take that away from you. Do you understand?
7: Are you breaking up with me?
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's better that I do it now, you know.
1: I'm sorry. Ugh. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that episode. I I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I Hated it, and I didn't even understand it, I think. I I just was so blinded by loving them together that I think I may have sidestepped some of the red flags. Like, I do remember feeling like, oh, she seemed out of place when she met his friends, right? But the way that he keeps bringing up all these, like, fantastic plans... I like I was actually a little Let's an- get married
0: in Ireland. Yeah,
1: like in this episode I was actually a little annoyed with him when he brought up Ireland. Like I was like calm down. <laughs> you know? I was just like in the last it's like boom 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 boom, boom. you've thrown everything at her. A baby, a Morocco, and moved to New York City and get married in Ireland and I I don't know. I think like it was almost over the top when you're really paying attention. It's like one major life choice is enough. I feel like he may have just freaked her right out of the baby plan because it was just so much that it made her maybe go like, do I even want that? And, and I don't know. I just think that it was, it was too much and it was really, really reminding her we are in such different places. Like, I mean, I'm 40, Caleb. I'm so tired. I don't want to have a baby and also move to New York City and also travel to Ireland with a baby and get married there. I don't know. I'm just like, I just want to like drink wine at the end of the day and like watch a television show. (laughs) So I don't know. It's just too much. Anyway, what were your thoughts on that? I
0: remembered that Sarah ultimately decided she didn't want to have more kids. But I actually didn't remember that it precipitated a breakup.
1: Yeah. Wow. So
0: it caught me off guard. And I think it's a beautiful scene and they are both so great. in it. And I learned in the commentary that Lawrence Trilling shot it with no rehearsal. Wow. He just gave a heads up to the camera operators. Okay. They're generally, I think she's going to enter here. He's going to be standing over here. And after that, I don't know what they're going to do but he just wanted them to be able to do whatever they felt.
1: It was so good.
0: It was so good.
1: I love that she tried to take his hand and he wouldn't, but not in a mean way, just in a like, I I can't right now kind of way. Right. Yeah.
0: I also, I like that she just changed her mind. Yeah. I mean, it seemed, it seemed very realistic to me. And especially since I felt like her having a baby this whole time was a little like, really? Yeah. You want to have another baby? So, for her to realize, yeah, I actually don't. And then it, in retrospect, it makes sense. Yes. That she, you know, having met him and falling in love with him, that that would be intoxicating and energizing in a way. Yeah. And he could bring up a plan like that that may have never held any appeal for her before, but to think, well, but a baby with you, that actually maybe sounds like a great idea. And then once she really thinks it through, or once he bombards her with <laughs> clearly not understanding the impact a baby
1: has. Yeah. Reconsidering. I like that. I also really loved the moment where she said, like, I, I want it for you. Because yeah. I think, you know, we have these interesting ideas about love sometimes, which means putting the other person first, which sometimes sounds better in theory than than it really is. You know, like, you shouldn't have a baby if you're not 100% sure just to please the other person. And I feel like there was that made so much sense to me too that when he said I could totally see having a baby with you and you know she loves him and he's younger and he doesn't have any children, I could see her being like, "Yeah, you deserve that and I love you. Let me give that to you." You know, I could I could totally see that happening. I mean, honestly, I partly changed my name when I got married. I didn't even really stop to think do I want to? And Mark, my Mark was like don't do it. You you have a great last name. We don't need to have the same last name. But like, I'm so weird that I thought that deep down he really did want me to change my name and he'd be heartbroken if I hadn't. Turns out, no, he really (laughs) was fine either way. And so in a way, I sort of gave him that and he didn't even, you know, like need it, you know. And, And anyway, I think that you can be a total feminist like I am. You can be a total like, you know, independent person, and you can still sort of give your partner a lot because you love them and you, you know, you you wanna give them everything. And so I thought it was really cool that she kind of stopped that train <laughs> that she was on and yeah, really evaluated what do I want.
0: The only flip side that I saw to that was that in one sense, I think what she's doing is noble and wise. But in another sense, I felt like she was a little bit deciding for Mark. Yeah. He's a grown-up, and he has told her what he feels and thinks. He says, I don't need to have kids. I love you, and if we can't have kids, then we can't have them. I could see Sarah maybe insisting that he take some time to actually think about it rather than just saying what he needs to in that moment to prevent a breakup. Right. But to just say, no, we're done, because I don't believe you when you say you don't need to have kids. (laughs) Right. but I don't. I didn't get the sense that she's like. Well, she's saying it's for this reason, but actually, it's because she has doubts about him. I didn't get that. At I didn't all. get that
1: at all either. I
0: sincerely believed her. She's doing this because she loves him so much and wants him to have everything he wants.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, the resignation and the kind of like blow up my life way that she says right at the end. It's better that I do it now. That so reminded me of Amber. Oh <laughs> it wow! Was just, just like the what she said and how she said it it did seem like a little coda on this very sincere thing of like well you know I just can't succeed at anything so just fuck it all
1: right damn
0: and I thought oh this is a trait among the Holt women maybe of just like if things can't go exact or just a disbelief that things could go their way so if something looks like it's going well just blow it up before it disappoints you
1: well and it does seem like we haven't really seen Sarah exhibit that trait of, like, being really insecure in a while. Maybe in part because she is in such a healthy relationship with someone who believes in her, you know, yeah. which, which can be life-changing. But, yeah, that felt a little bit like a callback to earlier seasons, you know, where she just didn't think anything could go right. And that's so sad. And in a way, yeah. like, I just thought, you really should let him think about this. Because if he is okay ultimately with not having children, then this is exactly everything you would want. Yeah. I think she wouldn't be overwhelmed by all these travel plans. I think she'd be invigorated by them if it wasn't also with a baby. You know, I think she'd be like very up for adventure. I think it was just overwhelming because. She was trying to picture all of it happening all at once. And so I'm like, boy, if he could just somehow make peace with the fact like, okay, I'm going to be with this woman. I'm choosing that over a child. She would be so lucky. But maybe the guilt really got to her. Like, what does he know what he'd be giving up?
0: Hard to say.
1: I loved his scene at the wedding. Yeah. I thought everything he said right there was so good. I thought this is a great approach and And maybe not always, sometimes, maybe it's a deal breaker if one person wants kids and one person doesn't, but I really loved what he said.
7: I think I made a tactical no, error with me. you no it's not i I think I think we skipped over something when we started talking about having a baby, and uh, the truth is that i I want to be with you, and I also you know I would like. Children, but a people who want to be together, they make a, a decision to to be together, and then and then they see, and then, then life brings what it brings. But at least they're together, and um, that's that's where we belong. And I wanna. I want to do this right, and I want to take it one step at a time, but in the right order. So, Sarah Braverman, will you marry me?
1: I mean, maybe that isn't a great way to go into a marriage. With the idea of, I know already that we want different things, but we'll just kick that can down the the road. I mean, I think you could look at it like that, and that would actually be a terrible foundation. But I think he is kind of brilliant in the sense that people make these promises to each other when they get married, thinking that they somehow know what the future is going to bring, and they don't. You know, I mean, Joel and Julia didn't know that they would have so much trouble having a second child they didn't know if they even wanted a second child for a while. And then they, and then they did. And then they, you know, like you, they couldn't have predicted Victor. You know, I just mean like in a way, I think it's so wise for him to be like, you're together. That's the important thing. And then life brings what it brings. And I, I do know of people who have changed their, like this isn't a friend of mine, but it is someone on Facebook. And she has written before about how she could go either way on having kids, but the person she married didn't want them. And so they never had kids And she never regretted that. She loved him so much. I'm not saying that's how it would always work. I think some people might grow to resent the other person, but I don't think we should assume that that's what would happen. You know, I think for some people it's like, okay, well, I chose you. That led me down this path. It's a different path than I thought. And if you love the person enough and are fulfilled enough, I think that could be okay. I mean, honestly, I think part of the reason I'm so happy not having children with my mark is that... I love him so much. I <laughs> That might sound weird because I also think he would be a great dad, but I just selfishly love hanging out with him and it just being him and us having great conversations and not feeling overwhelmed with our little time together. I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I was glad that they didn't break up. Yeah. And I was also weirdly glad that Mark acknowledged that there is a step between dating and babies. Mm. Which, it feels so super traditional, and I don't think of myself as a super traditional person. Right. But I also feel like, well, don't knock tradition just because it's tradition. <laughs> it did catch my ear two episodes ago when Drew found Sarah's ovulation yeah. kit or whatever. And she said, well, I'm with someone I love. It's the next logical step. And I thought, no, it isn't.
4: <laughs> That's the true. The next
0: logical step is you would get married. Or maybe move in together. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, even if you don't really believe in marriage, you would probably live together before you would plan to have a baby.
0: Like baby is at least one, maybe two, maybe more steps away. Yeah. But I got the spirit of what she was saying. But anyway, it was just nice to hear someone else say, hey, there is something else we could do. Although, if like you said, if it is just kicking the can, (laughs) it's not very smart. Like. Part of the problem was that if she was going to have a baby, she needed to have it right now. The solution is not let's get married and then decide in a couple of years if you want to have babies. No, this offer is off being the table. taken off the table every single day. And she also just said, "I don't want to." Well, she said, "I'm not sure I want to have anymore." I guess that maybe is not ironclad. Yeah. She didn't say, "I know I don't want to have anymore ever again," but. I don't know. But, but I
1: felt like that's what was in her heart and she was kind of presenting it in a softer way. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I liked the proposal because, like you said, I think, it, I think implicit in it was that's a risk he's willing to take. Yeah. And he's not saying it in the moment to avoid a breakup. Some time has passed. He's been alone with his own thoughts. Yeah. And has decided... Now if his show had gotten picked up. I wonder. <laughs> I mean she doesn't say yes. Right. Or or no in this moment. So I guess they could have said, "Hey everyone. <laughs> Remember last season when he asked her to marry him? She said no."
1: Which happens sometimes. That happened I uh, on Younger, you know. Charles, yeah. yeah.
0: And I guess in this context it really would have made sense for her to say it would be a little bit of like, I'm going to decide for you, but yeah. she could have said, I'm not comfortable with you taking that risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I wouldn't like is if it's it at all in his head, if we get married, then I can work on you and change your mind about the baby. If If he's really genuinely saying what he means then I really love it. You know, if, if he really is just like, I'm willing to accept that, it's worth it to me to be with you, even if the children thing never happens. I think that's kind of beautiful. I don't think everyone should always give up what they want either, but I, we had a discussion with your cousin Sarah in an earlier episode about how sometimes your life just isn't what you think it's going to be, you know? And, and she had mentioned, like, she thought she would have a second child and, and then she didn't. So... I think sometimes there's this narrative that like giving something up for a person is always 100% bad. Like it would be bad for Mark not to have children because of Sarah, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. Is that any worse than Sarah having a baby for Mark, yeah, which is previously yeah. what the plan was? So, and of course, then the third option is they break up and she doesn't have any more and he does. And maybe that maybe that is the best option and maybe it's not you know i just i don't think it's black and white to say this should definitively happen
0: yeah speaking of black and white
1: uh, in the lead up to the wedding uh, <laughs>
0: It was nice to revisit the dishwasher oh, Yes, and have it go a little better this time.
5: Have ever told you how much I love the way you load a dishwasher?
8: Really? Yeah.
5: Because
8: if you're not happy with it, I can, I can change it. I can no, do it. if you want. That's better for no, you. No, it's so good. <clears throat> hey, I hope you're not bummed about my mother doubling the size of the wedding. I'm, I had nothing to do with
5: that. No, no, no. The more church folks and relatives, the better. You sure? Yeah.
8: Okay. Now what's going on with you and your brother?
5: You mean other than the, the fist fight and me replacing him as best yeah. man? Yeah, other than
8: that.
5: That's pretty much all the developments. Come on, baby, you need to figure that out. You can't
8: be arguing with your brother on your wedding day.
5: Okay, yeah. well you go fix him and I'll stop fighting with him. This is the same cycle we've always been in where he's right and I'm wrong. No matter what I do, he's right. I mean, it was my idea to start the luncheonette, not his. I'm the reason that we have this thing that's worth millions, okay, not him. Yet somehow he still doesn't see me as his equal.
8: Baby, you were taking this way too personal. It's not personal, it's business. Your brother wants to be in a business and you want to be in this business. And maybe it's not the same thing, but it's not personal. It's still your brother.
0: I was very impressed with how Jasmine handled Crosby. It was just nice to see a little peek into, like, a little sneak preview of what their marriage is going to be. How does Jasmine handle Crosby when he comes to her with a problem or when he needs some prodding to do the right thing? I felt like she was guiding his thinking without pushing and always being very supportive of him and what was important to him. And I thought it was way more constructive than Zeke scolding Adam to make up with his brother. I thought... No, Jasmine's showing how to do this well. And Zeke is just doing it with, you know, a blunt sledgehammer.
1: <laughs> it, it also made me so happy, that scene, for many reasons. I don't know. I almost get emotional talking about it. But I just remember you and I having a lot of conversations when Crosby and Jasmine got engaged the first time about, well, this is awfully fast. They do seem to love each other. But I mean, they just reentered each other's lives, you know, et cetera, et cetera and even though it's terrible what crosby did you know cheating on her I, I it's just so strange to me how they seem so much better for each other now than they ever used to even before this happened and you know they they just seem to get each other now and now it seems like they've been together forever even though they just got back together like days ago <laughs> you know it just seems like yeah. they know each other so well i loved it and yeah she knows she still like can be controlling but now she's like kind of like harnessing that in the right way. It's constructive. She's having conversations with him about what to do. And he doesn't feel controlled. He recognizes that she has a perspective that would be valuable to hear. And so it's like both of them are still who they are, but it's, they've, they've grown, you know, they've matured into this like really healthy dynamic I loved yeah. it. And that dishwasher was the perfect callback. It just made me so happy. I'm like, look at them. That's like a symbol that, yeah. that things are just much better.
0: Also, this is a complete tangent. Good. But what she says about it's not business, it's personal reminded me of one of my favorite scenes from You've Got Mail. It wasn't personal. What, what is that supposed to be? I'm so sick of that. All that means is that it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me. It's personal
2: to a lot of people. I mean, what is so wrong with being personal anyway? Uh, nothing. Because whatever else, anything is, it ought to begin by being
1: personal. Oh, and I remember she has a cold in that scene, so that's why she sounds a little stuffy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I love that movie. I love what it says about business, too. Like... As much as I love their relationship, I am always devastated when her bookstore closes,
0: <laughs> and I never really—I oh never get over but the it. ghost of her mom. Oh my like, god, her around, yes. yeah. And I think it does actually. Maybe it's not such a tangent because it is a hard balance. I think what Jasmine is saying is good advice. It's not personal; it's business. Adam is looking at a huge windfall. And from his perspective, with the needs of his family, he cannot turn that down. Right. And it's a little cruel of Crosby to say, well, no, but my feelings. Right. (laughs) But on the other hand, like Meg Ryan says, whatever (laughs) something is it ought to begin with being personal, the fact that Crosby cares so much is probably the biggest reason why the luncheonette is successful. Yeah. And that's a kind of investment that Adam is not making into the business that Crosby is. And I don't think it should just be brushed aside. So, but what is the right amount of being personal and what's the right Mm. amount of being cold and practical?
1: Well, and you know, something I was thinking about way back in season one, when Adam said to Christina that he doesn't have a life, he has a schedule. He was so miserable at that other job and he has been happy this season. I mean, there was the whole weird thing with Rachel. Aside from, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that really wasn't the luncheonette's, you know, existence's fault, you know. As to the, right. Yeah. But like, as far as he... It was
0: lo- his white knight complex. And that's fault. what it was. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and that just sort of dropped out of the sky. Rachel seems to have disappeared, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, other than that, he loves going to work. He is happy he is fulfilled, I feel like, in in ways that he never was before. I don't think that he's really, like, sounded stressed and like he needed a break. He sounded worried about money, and this would solve that. But then what? You know, you and I kind of addressed this in a previous episode, maybe the last one. Like, okay, so then he gets this money, which sounds like a lot of money, and it is. I mean, that's more than I would ever, you know, but I'm like, okay, so if his cut is a little more than a million dollars, how far would that get him, really? It's not like he wouldn't ever have to work again. He, as Jasmine says, he wants to be in a business. Okay, so time to start another business.
0: This time socks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, then what? You know, like, the, he's back to working at, like, that beverage distribution place, you know? Like, it's a cliche to say money can't buy happiness, but... Again, here I am just spouting it's cliche because it's true. <laughs> it's true. He is happy at his job, and
0: but also true. Happiness can't get you into Cornell. <laughs>
1: you <know? laughs> That's my favorite expression.
0: <laughs> yeah, <That old> chestnut.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's an easy decision, but I I do think that Adam might not be thinking enough about happiness he might just be thinking with his practical brain. And it's probably conversely true that Crosby is only thinking with his emotional brain and not thinking, what could a million dollars do for me? And I have a son and, and, you know, someday he'll want to go to college. You know, he's just like, no, the the legend is cool. And I go there every day with my brother, you know, (laughs) but I kind of, I guess I'm with them. Uh, They are somehow making enough to survive. And, you know, I think that it, he does make the good point that if this thing is worth millions, maybe it's a thing worth holding on to, you know? So Yeah. Although that does sound nuts, <laughs> this thing that's worth millions. I don't know. I still have a hard time yeah. with that. After
0: less than a year, yeah. you know. Well, we've arrived at the wedding. yeah, And I think this is a good time to bring in our extremely special guests. I, I'm elated <laughs> that we have with us Dax Shepard and Joy Bryant. I I can't believe you agreed to be on the podcast. I'm so thrilled. But let me first just say congratulations on your wedding.
5: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> were you were you too shocked at how quickly this all came together
5: yeah it was very shocking because she um just one episode earlier had told me she was moving in in fact in that episode right. so she was moving in with another dude so <laughs> yeah fact, that's kind five of five minutes shocker.
8: before i proposed to yeah, you yeah, yeah. i said i was moving in. and yours. let
5: me throw this out here too she tells me she's moving in with her boyfriend i happen to mention that the, the luncheonette's been valued at over a million dollars. Almost the next scene, she proposes I love you. to me. I yeah. Go without you. Gold digging, <laughs> girls. You're driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little suspicious. Well, we'll see what happens when you find out that. Season four, that might.
8: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little too late.
0: Okay, yeah, well, but Crosby's only gonna get like half of that million dollar offer. Joe, Joe is rich. He's a doctor. But the, the but the offer is actually
5: two point five million, which means Crosby works with one walks with one two five. Right. Pay the tax man, get a good lawyer. Right,
8: right,
0: right.
5: We're gonna give him five. So I'm still walking with eight twenty five. Uh-huh, you good? That's more than Doctor Joe's bringing home net. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> he's trying to sell I mean, him, I know like, Dr. Joe, right. and he's overextended. He's got that fancy car and Listen, stuff. I'm Everything I got to, is paid I'm just for. Just trying to
8: get his check, so that's right. all. I don't care.
5: What do you think finally got Crosby to the altar? Well, Jasmine really is the one who had the change of heart, so what happened? Uh, Yeah,
8: I just realized that, one, he's about to be a millionaire, two, (laughs) that it's just easier to, you know, do that situation with the kid and him and a million dollars. Sure, sure. It lightens the load. Right. You can get help. I think she just realized, you know. Well, we were camping. camping, The camping, you know, close proximity rain the 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 burn the gentleness there was some magic family moments going
5: on with the guitar was it the guitar playing my hunch is it was the guitar playing
8: your first aid skills (laughs) right
5: right Right. i really showed a lot of my better colors on that camping trip patched you up harmonized Mm -hmm. with this our son our four-year-old son
8: and I think she finally, in, in, that, in that trip, she saw him in a way that she's always wanted him to sort of be or whatever. And she was like, yeah.
0: Now, you and your brother have been going through some tough patches <laughs> lately.
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam and I have had a, a, a lot of fights this season, and um, none of which reached the heights of the fight that we had in this episode. It gets, it gets physical. <laughs> so we got to express our anger towards one another physically for a change, which was nice. Via salsa. And um, I did get covered in salsa, as did he. So salsa. It was kind of like doing an salsa. episode of uh, You Can't Do That on Television, <laughs> which was always a childhood dream. So it oddly came true on the set of Parenthood. Well, I love a
4: good You
1: Can't Do That on Television reference. That's good. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Dax, Joy, thank you so (laughs) much. This was just such an honor to have you on. Caleb,
1: I can't believe you got them on. That's amazing. Oh,
0: wait, but it's not done yet. We are also so happy to be joined by the inimitable Lauren Graham. (laughs)
2: What?
0: Lauren, here we are. End of season three at a wedding. Do you like weddings? Are you excited about this ceremony?
2: Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like, it's strange that even a fake wedding is like very, very moving. (laughs) The flowers are fake, but it still has impact.
0: So Lauren, what do you think of the decor for this wedding? When we were saying earlier, we can't believe that something this beautiful was thrown together in just a week.
2: I think it looks amazing. Yeah. Um... My only job was rose petal duty, so I didn't have anything to do with the thousands of fairy lights that have miraculously appeared. Um, But no, it is. It's it's sweet. And it makes sense for the family that they would have it at the house and, you know, just throw them a nice party.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. (laughs) Do you feel like this is the wedding that Jasmine and Crosby were always meant to have
2: it certainly happens very quickly um everyone (laughs) is in another relationship just a couple episodes ago but uh you know i think it's sort of like they woke up one day and knew it was the right time and so i think people are just not surprised more happy
0: so lauren let's be real here do you think that sarah should say yes
2: to Mark's proposal. I don't know how Sarah Braverman is possibly unsure about the world's most charming man. It has been the acting of a lifetime to have any problem at all with Jason Ritter. I mean, I don't know where this is headed, but he's just like the most adorable human person alive. So if Sarah messes that up, I think she should just kind of like jump off a cliff. It's really, how can we trust her anymore?
0: Thank you so much for agreeing to this Oh, Lauren, interview. it was amazing
2: I mean, to meet you. You're my favorite. <laughs>
0: I mean, we've been fantasizing about having <laughs> some cast members on to have three in one episode. That's just nuts. Just incredible. Wow. And this is so much better than if I had just, like, found some answers in other interviews online and then just, like inserted myself into them yeah this is so much better than that this
1: is so much better than that yeah i'm glad you would never do that
0: there also was some information in there i mean at dax shepard said that the offer was 2.5 million we never got to see the yeah offer. we knew it was
1: more than doubled so that's a yeah. but, but we didn't know exactly what that 2.
0: was 2.5 yeah I that mean, would that, be
1: hard to turn down
0: than just a paltry yeah. half million
1: You can't be serious. I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh no, that's that's that is good and you know what something else I really loved about those clips I mean that interview that you just had um, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome I really loved uh, the chemistry I don't know if we talk enough about the chemistry between Joy Bryant and Dak Shepard but true, it is pretty great and I think it has consistently gotten better I think it's another reason why I keep loving them more and more but they really seem like friends which is what I love about Jason Ritter and Lauren Graham you know they really seemed to be joking with each other in in and, you know what you just uh, played for us, and and that was yeah, that was lovely. It was really nice. And then I did appreciate, <laughs> like you thought I would, Lauren Graham saying <laughs> that he was the most charming man alive. And I think that's worth mentioning because you know May Whitman had the same reaction to him. Like again, I'll say it. I mean, this is no diss. I don't really think that Jason Ritter is like the most handsome person he's he's like attractive he's cute but like yeah
0: he's no dog
1: right right no I mean yeah I'm certainly not trying to say he's unattractive he's he's attractive for sure but like you know it really is interesting to me I think what everyone seems to love about him is just how like funny and sweet and charming he is and yeah I always like that more like in fact with uh, Dr. Joe who is like really beautiful I mean I yeah I, I think part of why I was never like, yeah, Dr. Joe, it's like almost boring. He's so perfect. Yeah. He's yeah, like not very funny. Like humor is what's always going to do it for me, I think, you know. Um,
0: Money is my weakness. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you're not kidding, but.
1: <laughs> kidding on the square.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding on the square. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the actual wedding. First of all. What did you think of Jasmine's dress?
1: Oh, I loved it. I I thought she looked incredible. I don't know. What did you think? Did you like it, too? Uh, I
0: mean, I agree. I mean, you could probably put her like in a burlap. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes, I'm sure. And she would
0: look good, but I, I thought she looked beautiful and I loved her little halo I don't know what you call
1: yeah I was a sure thing around
0: her head or I guess was there a veil on the back of I, it maybe it was just a veil
1: I think it was but it was a cool way of doing it I also thought that the dress was not only beautiful but it totally fit her character like it felt sort of like bohemian and free-spirited it really yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and it fit backyard wedding it wasn't like why yeah. are you wearing this church gown right in the backyard of a
1: house. Yeah, it was fancy, <laughs> but like Yeah, not over the top, like long train or something. Yeah,
0: I'm amazed she found it in a week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, can you believe it? (laughs) Wait, do you think that was her wedding dress that she'd bought for their original wedding? I just thought of that. I never... Maybe.
0: I mean, it was awfully low cut if they were going to get... Weren't they going to get married at the church Well, I
1: think that went back and forth, right? Like, that was another interesting thing about the dishwasher callback, because she's like, I'm sorry, my mom just doubled the size of the wedding. And he's like, the more the merrier. Remember how that was like an issue before that yeah. Renee and Jasmine were like planning it and Crosby felt left out. So I think it was supposed to be in the backyard. And then I think it got moved to the church. So that's interesting. You know, like they yeah. felt like already they're better at compromise. Like Renee. Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I thought that was cool. Just like that things that seem like they matter a lot. You shift your perspective and you realize, uh, eh, doesn't
1: it's fine. matter. Yeah. Who
0: cares? Am I marrying you? Then whoever wants to come can come.
1: And especially let's get all the church crowd there if they're going to sing that freaking gorgeous song. Oh, and I'm also yeah. like, how did they arrange that in a week? I wonder how are all of them available and how did they all learn that song? Because <laughs> that's not a church song that they would have already known. <laughs> it's, well, who
0: knows what kind of church they belong to? Maybe they do sing that. At
1: the Maybe church. they do. That's a good point. It's gorgeous, and it was perfect, and I loved it, but I still was like, this is not a week. Okay, anyway.
0: Yeah. Jasmine had a little wink at Jabbar at Uh, the altar that I just thought was so precious. And I loved, too, that it was a moment of, I guess it sort of revealed that Jasmine was not a bride who was so moved by the whole wedding that she was like brought to tears or something. Which I'm not criticizing right. at all. That that's just a very common reaction for people. But that in Jasmine, she seemed to react to the whole thing as just like excited giddy having a blast yeah and i thought that's a cool reaction to see too and that that little wink felt like a moment of like connecting with her son yeah like can you believe this is happening isn't this awesome you're awesome you know, <laughs> I
1: just, yeah it's like
0: that's a fun attitude to have at a wedding
1: you're right and also we shouldn't think that there's one way to react a- at your wedding you know i think too often we put a lot of stock into what well, were you moved to tears, you know, like if you really loved each other, you would be N- not. No, I-, I love I love what you just said. Yeah. Excitement is a great joy. I felt like that was the whole vibe of this wedding was just joy and like maybe relief, you know, like after all this time apart, they're finally back together and they're just so happy.
0: Yeah. I also... <laughs> I know there wasn't time to delve into a character as minor as Renee. I mean, like, if we couldn't get fallout with Julia and right. Sydney, we're not going to examine how Renee feels about this all. But I appreciated that she just seemed on board with Jasmine marrying Crosby <laughs> after all. I can imagine Renee, or honestly any mother, yeah, holding even more of a grudge yeah. than Jasmine about him cheating. yeah. But she certainly looked genuinely happy for her i mean i guess the same goes for her brother too but they were walking her down the aisle and they just were beaming yeah it's like "Hmm, i'm i'm glad that you both believed jasmine when she said it's all good (laughs) we're getting married it's a good thing
1: again though i do think that if they'd had a few more episodes that's the sort of they could have had an episode devoted to that where that was jasmine's storyline like convincing her mom and brother that this is the right thing. And I would have really been interested in that.
0: Yeah. Cuz that's not a trivial no concern.
1: No, not at all. And I think that it's good to forgive and and move on. And I I did like that they were happy for her, but I wouldn't have minded a little drama on the road to get in there. Cause I feel like that's honest drama. That's not drummed up, you know, that's like unresolved yeah. feelings and, and having to process things. And they don't love Crosby the way that Jasmine does. So it feels to me like their anger might've been harder to soften. You know, they don't just laugh at how charming and funny he is. <laughs> They're like, no, <laughs> you cheated on Jasmine. And, and um that's going to undo a lot of how charming you are. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, Let's discuss the sex at the <laughs> wedding. Okay. It doesn't seem like the most opportune time. Really? To me. to Well, just the number of people in the house yeah. has increased like 11-fold. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, certainly it's romantic.
1: That's all I could think about was like, of course, this is like... I mean, Amy had already said that she was ready. And of course, I think the implied thing is that Drew's been ready for a while, just waiting for Amy to give the word. But I I could totally see a teenage girl, especially not to be too gendered about this, but you know, being like, oh, look at us. We're both all dressed up. There are twinkle lights everywhere. (laughs) It's (laughs) so romantic. We're at a wedding and we're like really seeing the power of love. I could just see where you would want that to be your first time more than yeah, we just went to the movies, had a regular date, you know, and and yes, it would, I could also, while you said, yeah, there are like tons of people around. Yeah, but they're all outside and they're distracted. And, you know, That's so true. I don't know. I, I felt like I got it.
0: What did you think of the depiction in general, you know, that they were having these two 16 or 17 year olds have sex? Did, did you think it was a positive portrayal of that? I did. Believable?
1: I thought it was positive and believable. You know, we we talked about this a lot with Hattie and Alex and maybe parents of teens out there might totally think I'm bonkers <laughs> for the way I keep seeing this. But I just keep feeling really glad for these characters who are having such a positive first-time experience. You know, it's consensual. It's loving. Uh, yes, it's young, but, you know, I mean, that's... That's often how it goes. I mean, I don't think that the show is being, like, shocking or scandalous here. I I think that if you look up how old a lot of people are when they have sex for the first time, I I think this is right on. Especially, I mean, they've been together, I would imagine, like, eight or nine months at this point. They got together at the beginning of the season, and now it's the end. That's a a pretty realistic time frame, I would think, for high schoolers to be like, I think we're ready for this. So I, I just really like that they keep not having traumatic experiences for the first time i'm just like that's nice they get to have that for the rest of their lives even if you know like most teen relationships it doesn't work out and they move on i don't think they would look back on that first time and think anything other than fondness and i think that's really a lucky beautiful thing
0: well there's one person who does not agree with you oh yeah bill o'reilly uh- <laughs> Do you remember that this was a, mi- a minor controversy?
1: I actually don't remember that. It was?
0: Well, let me... I, I would have given my left nut to find <laughs> audio of this, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But so I would just You couldn't get settle. Bill
1: O'Reilly to come on the podcast and talk about <laughs> I this? I could only get Dax, Joy, and Lauren. I only
0: have so much pull on a given week but so here is a little bit of an article from entertainment weekly wow this was an article by ken tucker this was march 8th 2012 on thursday night's o'reilly factor bill o'reilly got all het up over a scene from the season finale of parenthood it was the moment in which sarah braverman's teen son drew had sex for the first time with his girlfriend amy O'Reilly convened a summit with his so called culture warriors, Gretchen Carlson and Margaret Hoover, to bemoan what the segment called, quote, the coarsening of our culture. What we are about to show you is very explicit.
1: Oh
6: my God. Warned O'Reilly
0: <laughs> with a big viewer warning sign behind oh, him. Oh no. Then he played a few seconds with no sound from the February 28th episode, showing Drew and Amy's feet, their underwear tumbling to the floor cut to their faces in dewy-drewy rapture, still in this standing face-to-face position. O'Reilly Carlson and Hoover then expressed dismay at a network show suggesting that these two 16-year-olds were about to have sex. Hoover came with figures. Quote, The percentage of kids in high school having sex? 47.8%, she said, as of 2007. O'Reilly came with outrage. They don't show the consequences! He also admitted he did not watch Parenthood. (laughs) And Carlson came with news from the blogosphere. The blogs, she said, groping for a way to convey the outrage that was supposedly felt across the land. A lot of people were stunned that they included this in the storyline, she said. So this doesn't happen every week, asked O'Reilly. So the consequences were not shown, but after Carlson, the only person on camera who seemed to have actually watched the episode, said that the mother did ask why Drew was perspiring. O'Reilly seemed to realize the whole segment was collapsing into silliness. He allowed as how he liked to watch TV land, citing the Andy Griffith show and Dobie Gillis as favorites, and went to a commercial. As it happens, I'd agree with him about those two fine examples from sitcom history. Except teenager Doby Gillis was, as I recall, more on the make and eager to be promiscuous than anyone on Parenthood has ever been. Hey, Bill, why do you think they called the show the many loves of Doby Gillis? Wow, they even mentioned this in the commentary for this episode. <laughs> wow,
4: I'm so scared your brother's going
0: about to lose his virginity.
3: Did
4: we? Did you see the Bill O'Reilly
3: situation on this? Yes. So why don't you talk about that?
4: (laughs) It was so funny. We were were so so excited. We were so excited, Miles Colt. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess they were having a slow week over at the O'Reilly offices and they decided to, you know, talk about that sex is bad. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're upset and it's, oh, it's glorifying this and that. Which it's just so funny to me that this is the show that they would pick as yeah. being, like, sexually raunchy. Well,
3: it's interesting because they were, you know, yeah, they, they took issue with the idea of young, younger people having sex. But it's dealt with in a very tender way, in a very real way. And it's interesting. There's one particular image when we get to it I'll tell you about. it, Which is, you know, when they, they undress each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot where um, it's coming up where basically you see her panties go mm-hmm. down. And hit the floor and we went back and forth on that here it comes and jason and i when we were cutting the show you know the network called and they, they said look you know you guys make a call on this but that felt to us like maybe you're uh, maybe on uh, crossing the line for mm. some people and we went Good. back and forth we took it out and looked at it yeah. again we said you know what now it doesn't feel as vulnerable it doesn't yeah. feel as much like the first time and how scary and yeah. tender that it is so we stayed with it and as a result got ourselves on the o'reilly factor
4: yes phew that was awesome Wow. Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some real good gems your way this next season. I'm gonna try to <laughs> slip some in there that's gonna make you real upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and wasn't
1: Bill O'Reilly later like involved in a way worse sex scandal than <laughs> that. <laughs> uh,
0: he had to settle for tens of millions of dollars. Oh, I believe
1: hypocrisy.
0: <laughs> How's that coarsening the culture?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and yeah, May Whitman said it's so funny that he would focus on parenthood. Yeah. Cause I'm now thinking, I just looked it up. I was like, am I right about the timeline? Yeah. Like the OC was on gossip girl, <laughs> you know, like shows with very explicit teen sex where I would even argue Kind of the point of the show was teen sex. Hey, I like those. I've never actually seen Gossip Girl, but I loved the OC. So I'm not knocking those shows or anything. I'm just saying, yeah, what a strange. <laughs> I- and
0: now that you say that, because I think that's a good point, I wonder if part of it is because parenthood does feel so real mm. the others are very soapy yeah. and you could kind of write them off as almost fantasies of what teenage life is yeah and they have a lot of the actors on those shows look like they're in their 20s yeah
1: true it, and there's so something <laughs>
0: i noted about this scene to answer your question from a long time ago what did i think of it i thought it was at least nice to see two actors that really seemed like teenagers yeah this felt like kids yeah. having sex, which could be a bad thing or not. I, yeah, To me, it I thought it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are dangers that can come from having sex at any age, but I don't know. Knowing the characters, it, it seemed a very responsible scene. And I also thought it was nice to have a depiction of sex that wasn't lustful right. and hot. I mean, especially a first time. Yeah. But it was but it was a little awkward.
1: A little awkward I mean, and kind of sweet. The way, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean just the way that they undressed each other. I was like, that's not <laughs> I think how this happens a lot, but they don't know what they're doing. Or like so, he kept
1: his socks on, which is yeah. a little like that feels like an amateur move kind of, you know, but like sweet and very believable. Yeah. yeah. And they had
0: discussed it beforehand.
1: And you know, and, Bill, Bill O'Reilly was talking about consequences and I'm like, but he like the first time they discussed it, he was like, so I should get some stuff like meaning condoms. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like, what? what so they should be punished in your opinion, Bill O'Reilly, because they are teen characters making this decision. I'm like, they put the acknowledgement of consequences right there in the story By him saying, so I should get something, which I loved because that felt like a very subtle, natural way of working in the condom discussion. Like, I'm glad it was there, but I'm also glad it wasn't an after school special. So I will go to the store and I will purchase, you know, yeah. Right. Well,
0: and consequences, this episode and season end like an hour and a half after that.
1: Yeah. If there are consequences, they don't know yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So headline, Bill O'Reilly's an idiot.
1: Yeah, you heard it here, not first. If anyone has
0: audio of that segment, please send it to us. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I just think it would be funny.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, and you know, I guess I should say real quick, I hope I don't sound too flip about teenagers having sex. I mean, I I don't necessarily think that people always have sex for the first time when they are like 100% like mature and ready for it. But I I don't know how likely that is to happen. I also think that our, <laughs> this might be a shocking thing to say, but I, I think the expectation that people wait to be married to have sex is in many ways dangerous because I think it could make people marry the wrong person or get married too quickly or place too much of an importance on sex. Like that's that's the only thing you can't do with a partner, you know? Anyway, all, all those thoughts. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, there are statistics that if you are planning to wait, if you're planning to abstain, you are less likely to use contraception Yeah. if you break that pledge to be abstinent. Because if you're not planning on having sex, turns out you don't just have condoms lying around.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. And so I, I just think that sometimes... <laughs> I don't know. We have this idea that's not very realistic about what it's going to look like when when people have sex for the first time, you know, and and yeah, maybe maybe it would have been better if they were in college, but they they weren't and they I don't they do look like kids, but. It all depends on your definition of kid, right? They're old enough to consent and love each other. And so, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I found this way less troubling than Amber and Bob.
1: Yeah, way less troubling. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Drew and Amy said they loved each other months ago. Yeah. And what's the value of them waiting? I mean, there's a lot of value to it, and they are very young. But it's not like oh, now something has really been ruined.
1: No. (laughs) I do hate that Uh, In my opinion, it's it's not. Well, and of course, now we're getting into, like, issues of, you know, I mean, people who would believe what Bill O'Reilly said do think something has been ruined, right? They think that, like, probably especially with Amy, which is really troubling, they probably would find more fault with that. Because, like virginity seems to apply more to women than men, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and this idea of like quote unquote damaged goods or like that your virginity is a gift you give your husband, which is like such a, I'm, I know some people believe that for religious reasons, but I find that just gross and, and awful. Like your life is a gift you give your spouse, you know, being with them. And the fact that you had a life before them doesn't mean your gift of being with this person for the rest of your life is any less special. I think that's just awful. And it's about ownership more than love. And and yeah, I, I don't like that at all. And I think, you know, again, even if Drew and Amy don't work out, I like to think that both of them would ultimately end up with people who would not be threatened by their high school romance, even if it did include sex. Like, it's just su- such primitive ways of thinking, in, in my opinion.
0: And now that reminds me of season one, when Hattie listening to her own conscience using yeah. her own brain yes. decides i don't feel like i'm ready to have sex with steve right. not because steve is a bad person i mean he kind of was but that <laughs> wasn't that wasn't her thinking at the yeah, time yeah it was it was about her yeah i and she's told her mom i know i'm not ready yeah when she was with alex then she was
1: yeah and
0: i think she was right and that's hard stuff to figure out and So the show, you know, Bill O'Reilly didn't mention that either. In its first season, it showed a teenage character choosing not to have sex. And it showed another one choosing to have sex with disastrous consequences.
1: Right. Totally. Anyway. I just think that it's a lot to put on people that they're supposed to live these quote-unquote pure lives. And acting like love and sex are dirty concepts, you know, and they just aren't – and, and the reality is that it, they can be scary things, uh, but that's why you have to protect yourself. And you should protect your heart and your body. And I think that they've done both, Drew and Amy. <laughs> you know, they yeah. protected their hearts by waiting for love and they had the condom discussion. And so I, I just, yeah, I,
0: I... I will say, I remember my sister mentioning this episode and being shocked at how explicit the scene was between Drew and Amy and not that I think I don't. Think she had any moral objection to it. Yeah. So just in case anyone is out there going, "Oh my God, I was so stunned." You think I'm ridiculous? Not necessarily, because I don't think my sister is ridiculous. On one hand, I think it is worth mentioning that Parenthood does not show a lot of sex scenes, period. Yeah. And this might be the most explicit one we've seen. I mean, when Hattie lost her virginity, they walked into an apartment and shut the door. Yeah. In the next episode or whenever they almost ran through the traffic light, (laughs) then there was some very in the shadows kind of
1: kind of artsy
0: depiction of that. Yeah. But so if someone is sort of shocked that the most explicit sex scene we've had was between 16 year olds, okay, I can maybe give them that.
1: Although I don't remember it being explicit, I mean, I guess the idea of them explicit's s-
0: a very forceful word because I feel so- like
1: you barely see them kiss. It's it's really just you you. It's inferred that they're stripping, but you don't see their bodies. You see their feet with the clothes dropping. But I'm like, well, what do you think happens? I, I don't know. It was all kind of played yeah. like sweetly and like almost playfully and in a nice way. Not like they didn't understand the seriousness of it. But yeah, no, good point that some people might find it shocking. I'm just, now I'm like, wow, it's so funny. I just really didn't. But who knows why? <laughs> we all have different reactions. We've talked
3: about it for so long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, We had talked about it infinitely longer than they had airtime, <laughs> Drew and Amy. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Adam's toast made
0: me cry a little bit.
1: I loved his toast.
6: Hi, I'm I'm, uh, Crosby's older brother, Adam. Our Crosby uh, is a unique character and he's taken a lot of flack over the years for a lot of different things, Uh, for letting his mom do his laundry well into his 30s, (laughs) being careless, borrowing things from his brothers and sisters and forgetting where they are and borrowing money and not paying it back.
5: Such a nice toast, thank you. No, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But he's a
6: great guy. And I was lucky enough this year to go into business with him. And because of all those things, when I told my wife, she looked at me like I was out of my mind. But uh, the business did very well. So well, in fact, that we got an offer recently, a huge offer from someone to buy the business from us. Last couple of years have been really tough. Uh, for me, and my family—I lost my job, and boy, this business came along at a great time. And uh, this offer, boy, it's it's a it's an offer that could change my life. I'm standing here looking at my brother and the rest of my family, I don't want my life to change because not only do I have three wonderful kids and a perfect wife. I get to go to work every day with my brother Crosby. And every day, he makes me laugh about life, about myself, and I don't know what I'd do without that. so, uh, believe it or not, this is how I got the offer. I got it on a napkin originally. Here it is. And here's what I think about this life-changing offer.
1: I don't think it made me cry in the moment, but it kind of made me cry just right there. I don't know <laughs> why. That is beautiful.
0: Yeah. He's kind of saying what you said earlier, that he gets something out of it greater than money.
1: I think he didn't think about it that way he before. he see that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what made him realize that. Is it that Crosby was willing to give him what he wanted? You know, Crosby was like, that's fine. You can sell it. And so maybe then he didn't just have Crosby to resent and just dig in, you know, his heels like, this is what I want. Yeah. He was able to really consider, is this what I want? Crosby's giving me the go ahead. You know, there's nothing stopping maybe.
0: me. That's, and that's kind of what got Jasmine to change her mind about Crosby too. <laughs> so maybe his lesson is just Crosby, don't ever fight for anything. Or try to get what you want.
1: <laughs> It'll just all will fall work out, out into your lap just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That seems real.
0: That whole moment felt super TV to me. Yeah. Of you didn't ask me to be the best man, but I'm going to step in and give a toast anyway. I'm going to rise above it. I'm going to tear up the napkin in front of everyone. Like, oh, please. But it still works on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love
1: it. I don't care. So yeah. I'm not
0: too sophisticated. For that. <laughs> not at all.
1: No, it was beautiful.
0: As they're driving away and it fades to black. If that had been the ending of the episode, that would have felt like potentially a series finale. Yeah, I could see that. Although I, you would be left wondering, is Sarah gonna marry Mark?
1: And you just no, want to know that cliffhanger would have been there. But I think that's not a bad one because then I think yeah. you can just fill in that blank however you want. I think, if you think most they should be together. Yeah,
0: yeah. then you would. Yeah,
1: you get to just have the ending you want.
0: So I for thought me. the whole episode was a little odd <laughs> as a season finale, but I I liked it. I mean, I loved it. It felt like its chief purpose was resolution, Mm. which I don't begrudge the show for. I'm happy to have resolution. But then it does feel a little bit like you're just waiting for the inevitable to unfold. The luncheonette offer never quite felt real to me. Yeah. So I wasn't all that invested in whether they would sell or not. Drew and Amy felt like kind of a strange development to spend that amount of time on if they weren't going to go somewhere with it in the future. So my guess would be that there is going to be some kind of development in Drew is having sex now. Mm. But, you know, I guess there wasn't for Hattie and Alex. No. That didn't really fundamentally change their relationship in any way.
1: It was more about Adam coming to terms with it. And so I wonder if it's different for, like, if Sarah finds out that Drew is having sex. Is that, is that a different experience for her than it was for Adam? Is it a different experience for her learning her son has had sex than her daughter, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, that might be interesting. Like, awkward, I would imagine. More awkward than with, with Amber.
0: Or would he even tell her? Will she even find out?
1: Maybe she won't ever find I out. Mean,
0: Amber is a very, like we said before, live out loud
1: yeah. person. And
0: Drew <laughs> is not. Well, Drew keeps things inside.
1: And what are the odds that he's going to accidentally call Sarah while having sex with Amy, which is, you know.
0: If that happened twice within <laughs> one family, even an extended family, I would just be so shocked. I'm happy yeah. for Crosby and Jasmine, of course.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm
0: hopeful for Joel and Julia and little
1: Victor. Oh, my gosh. And Sydney, we'll see how that
0: <laughs> yeah. pans out. Hang in there, sis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Something that occurred to me while discussing this episode today, Adam says in that toast that the offer would have changed his life.
1: I hadn't even thought about that until we listened to those clips. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Zoe told Julia, you changed my life. Yeah. And just we have been discussing a lot of life-changing things. Uh, Certainly adopting Victor would be life-changing.
1: Having sex for the first time is life-changing.
0: Life-changing,
1: Getting proposed to, breaking up, yeah.
0: Yeah, whichever way it goes with Sarah and Mark, it's going to change their lives.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's a that's a good idea for a finale, whether it's a season or series, you know.
0: Yeah, and a nice twist that the last person to sort of speak on the subject, although I guess Victor comes after it, but that one of the characters says he doesn't want his life to change. Yeah. That's an interesting twist.
1: Well, and it maybe depends on where you are. Like, Zoe wasn't super fulfilled, and so it was good that her life changed. And you know what? Neither was Adam when he worked at, you know, TNS footwear, and his life did change by yeah, working Crosby with Crosby. His life. Yeah. And I think Music he did, saved his life. Music <laughs> saved his life. <laughs> so he didn't want it to change again cuz he liked that change. And I think that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. So just a few little Notes that I had written that are random. Before we maybe move into even more random notes of favorites of the you know season. Crosby was listening to a Dawes song. Uh, You could barely hear it, but it was when he was like listening, like he was in the recording studio. But it was it was time spent in Los Angeles. Which Dawes had already recorded in 2011 for the album "Nothing Is Wrong," and so it was funny if it, if this was supposed to be a Dawes song he was working on, that was a bit of a mistake. <laughs> oh. so that's kind of fun. Maybe and he was just doing research. Maybe he was just doing <laughs> research. And then I also wanted to say that I loved the dances at the at the reception. Adam and Hattie, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, and and then um, Sarah and Zeke. Like, I just, I really kind of teared up at both of those. I thought I almost
0: took a clip of that. But the most moving part of the scene to me was when he asked if she was okay. And she didn't speak. She just shook her head. Yeah. No. And I thought, well, that won't read in the clip. But I loved it. And I loved learning that he used to call her Sarah Bear.
1: Yeah. So sweet. And
0: I liked that she, yeah, I mean, I'm just... Rehashing what happened,
1: (laughs) but it was beautiful that
0: she confided in him that it all was not okay.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that was great. And then
0: literally leaned on him for comfort and sort of refuge.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, and then uh, earlier in the episode, I was making a comment about how I liked the fake out. I really loved the fake out that you think Billy is um, the one holding on to Sarah's arm. And instead it's, uh, you know, Mark showing up with the proposal. And so I, re- I really loved that. But I especially thought it was interesting because I would imagine that Billy might even be older than Mark. You know, if Billy is Crosby's friend, so maybe about five years younger than Sarah. And I, I thought it was an interesting note of how maturity sometimes is really separate from age. Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> compare Billy being just like, it seems like a frat boy, even though he must be 35 years old, to Mark being in his late 20s, but, like, really <laughs> so mature and and such a... Yeah, anyway, I thought that was an interesting bait and switch. Or
0: that Mark and Bob are roughly the same age.
1: That blows my mind.
0: And it seemed ridiculous for Amber to have ever considered dating Mark. I mean, she didn't. I don't think it was a crush. Right. And she was in high school. Yeah. But... The age gap is almost identical,
1: yeah, I mean really, I think it's a I think we've said before that the age gap between amber and and Mark is less than Mark and Sarah, but it's just that they met <laughs> when she was underage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if they'd shoot if Amber and Mark hadn't been teacher student, if they had met fifteen years in the future, that age difference wouldn't be a problem at all. That's an interesting, weird thought. <laughs>
0: Or what if Mark hadn't started dating Sarah and now in season three, Amber was considering dating Mark?
1: Oh, yeah, that would have been not her teacher
0: anymore. That would feel
1: icky to me. I I wouldn't like that. No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really like it when, you know, but anyway, I I don't mean to be judgy. Oh, should we talk about season three favorite stuff, even if we hadn't already prepared things to say? Sure.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't prepared.
1: Well, I already know that my favorite episode was the one right before this one, because that's my favorite episode of the whole series so far. And I think it's also a bit why, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved seeing the wedding, but I think part of me not loving it hardcore was that it came right after this, I feel like maybe perfect episode of Parenthood. And then this one felt like it was only scrambling to get everything in. And it had really great moments, but I just, I wished it were like three episodes. It was just, yeah. or at least, you know, didn't shows used to do that? They'd have a two hour finale, you know? I feel like it at least should have been a two hour finale, but. I
0: think, I don't know if it's my favorite episode, but one that I did not remember loving as much as I did was Tough Love, episode 316. Hmm it really felt just rich with great performances and storylines and issues. But also I'm remembering now, Seth's return mid-season also brought up a lot of really amazing episodes that I had forgotten.
1: Oh yeah, I loved the one Ruth was on. Which one was that? That was three...
0: In Between, was it that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that one. God, that one was really good. You're totally right.
0: Well, as you've said... Season three might be the best. And I I don't think I've actually agreed with you yet on the podcast. So let me do it now. Ah. (laughs) I would have said either season three or four was my favorite, depending on my memory. Mm -hmm. I suppose I'll have to wait and see season four. But season three is very, very good.
1: Yeah. I just keep flipping through all these episodes and I'm like, God, they are all so great like yeah the road set- trip I mean oh uh, yeah road trip of course I, 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 yeah and, and like all these arcs are just really really good and boy the the scene with Amber asking Seth to step aside and him doing it in 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 between that is amazing I mean that is another contender for favorite episode and like even if there's a storyline that I didn't love like I might have said I didn't love the uh, Rachel storyline. Like, you know, they kind of already did that with Joel and and Raquel, you know, and everything. But I did really like what it did with Christina and like propelled her into going back to work. And and I think it was a really great way to examine Adam's savior complex. And so I don't think it served no purpose or anything. And I... Yeah, I think there wasn't a single storyline that I'd be like, just lift that one out. Like, I, I liked them all.
0: Yeah. One thing I've noticed, though, in season three, it would be interesting if we were to immediately go back to season one mm-hmm. now and start watching those episodes. I feel like the tone, that mix of drama and comedy, leaned much more towards comedy earlier in the series. Yeah. And now the show, to me, does feel like pretty much full on drama.
1: I think that's true.
0: I mean, the moments of humor in this episode between Billy and Sarah, it felt like, oh my gosh, Lauren Graham's being funny. (laughs) And it felt like a big change. Yeah. I'm not saying I dislike that. I think the show is going to such intriguing depths and beautiful places, but I think it has lost some of its humor.
1: I think that's true. And I don't know if I mind, I'd forgotten how funny it was in the first season, And, you know, like, Crosby is funny. I mean, Dak Shepard is funny. But, like, yeah, they have him arguing with his brother and trying to win back Jasmine. And, you know, it's not a lot of light stuff. And same with Sarah. You know, she's like, do I have a baby? Do I break up with my boyfriend? It's just not laugh a minute. You know, it's, yeah. yeah.
0: And yet I say that, and this season contained what I would say is the funniest episode ever, Road Trip.
1: Yeah. So maybe I'm just
0: totally wrong. Or even, like, Family Fun Night. (laughs) When Christina flips out and throws everyone out of the car. I love that. Like, that is funny. So, you know, maybe I sit corrected.
1: But, you know, this, this season also contains, I feel like some of its biggest misses were moments intended to be funny that weren't. Which I feel like in season one, I can't really think of anything that was supposed to be funny and missed the mark. But two are really sticking out to me. Like, the fight in this episode between Adam and Crosby. And then in... The Nora, the episode where, you know, Nora's born, where Adam is like wearing that ridiculous outfit. And it's like, oh, isn't this funny white guy going over to the rapper's house wearing that? I'm like, no, it's tone deaf and awkward and not funny at all. (laughs) And so and just not believable. Right. It's not
0: stupid.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was the problem with that one and the fight. I didn't I maybe would believe that Adam and Crosby would be so mad at each other that they might get into a fight. I don't think it would be a silly like food fight at their parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I don't know. I don't know what a realistic fight would look like. I feel like it would be at the luncheonette and I feel like it would be more like a shove, you know, and not like a full on, you know, like punch fest or something, but I feel yeah. like they might shove each other and and then like angrily walk away. I feel like that's what it would look like. I don't know.
0: I've been thinking about something. What benefit do you think it was to the show? To add Nora. They have not done a lot of newborn stories. Right. She kind of only factored in during the whole Rachel debacle. Yeah. And even there, it was just a device to make Christina feel even more vulnerable and less attractive in comparison to Rachel. Beyond yeah. that, I don't know that Nora has ever served a purpose other than the fake-out pregnancy test, Mm -hmm. where you think it's Hattie, but nope, it's Christina. And then they had the baby, which was a good episode, and then Christina goes back to work, and Nora's in daycare, and we don't ever see her.
1: I mean, in some ways, it makes me feel almost worse for Hattie. Like, not only did she have a younger brother who required much of her parents' attention, then it was like, oh, forget (laughs) it. Now there's a newborn, too. And then it also... I don't know. I was having these feelings about how, in the first season, Christina didn't go back to work. You know, she had that job offer to work on a campaign for a friend, and she didn't because her kids were only going to be kids for so long. And in a way, it really doesn't make any sense that, oh, but now I have a newborn and I will go back to work. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, you didn't go when you had an eight year old and a 15 year old, and now you're back. Well, now it makes sense <laughs> like for there to be a full-time parent at home. And I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with putting a child in daycare, but it is really fascinating that she wouldn't go back to work when, you know, it's just, it doesn't really make sense. Although maybe the difference is, you know, she tells Adam after the whole kiss with Rachel, you know, I'm done. Like being just Mrs. Braverman doing everything I'm supposed to do. But she could have easily said that even if she didn't have Nora, it could have just been like, it's time for me to go back to work. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know. And it reminds me a little bit of Friday Night Lights where Coach and Tammy have a baby, and that baby gets born in the beginning of the second season and is absolutely never (laughs) a storyline, like ever. It's just now we've got this baby too.
0: It just seems pointless to me. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah. I really don't know. I mean, we talked about the parallels to the movie, you know, that Mary Steenburgen's character, you know, the Christina counterpart is pregnant and it all coincides with Adam losing his job and so that's like directly taken from the movie. I don't know why the show gave us Nora. I don't mind it. I just don't yeah, really Yeah, I don't understand. have hatred for
0: this fictional infant. <laughs> no, no.
1: I mean, good point. I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you. Yeah.
0: This season was rife with fantastic guest stars oh my gosh yes i mean michael b jordan was still in this season yeah rosa salazar john corbett with the whole rehab arc jonathan tucker
1: was very good love
0: him or hate him he played the part really well
1: jason ritter
0: old reliable (laughs) yeah alexandra daddario yeah
1: she was quite good i thought
0: Courtney Ford.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, D.B. Woodside. D.B. Woodside. Yeah, come mm. on. <laughs> How could we forget? But no, they were yeah. all really good. And, you know, it's funny. Even like, well, oh, and uh, Sarah Sarah Day? Skylar Day. Skylar Day, yes. Yeah, I mean, she was kind of quiet, but she was real sweet and very believable as, you know, Drew's first love. You know, yeah. 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 And even like little things like, like the actresses who played like Sandy, (laughs) you know, and then even tough. I thought tough was good. (laughs) Tough had (laughs) like one line and I'm like, that was good. Uh, But yeah, no, the, the ones you mentioned at first are the ones really worth mentioning, but yeah, you're right. Rife with, with great performances from the guest stars and from the regular cast. I mean, some really great moments this whole, this whole season that, that moment in the rain last se- last episode i mean that might make jasmine and crosby my my favorite couple of the season they they mm. like just that exchanging the glances and that music swelling that might be enough even though they weren't even a couple for the whole season <laughs> i don't know
0: one of my favorite couple moments that's coming to me now is Zeke and Camille with the Airstream oh
1: Ugh. yes beautiful that's
0: just a beautiful moment should we reveal what is going to happen with Hattie you know when teenagers go to college it's always a question on the show of are they going to the college right in their hometown and so they'll still be on the show well we already know she's not going to Cal
1: yeah I think it's okay because I don't think she's in the credits anymore so I think yeah, yeah.
0: so Sarah Ramos is going to leave the show Ugh. Not forever. She will still be around periodically. But I think from here on out, she's always credited it as a guest star.
1: I wonder how she felt about that in real life. You know, like maybe happy for her character to get to go to college in such a great place. But like, I wonder if she felt sad. Like, why didn't she just go to Cal? <laughs> like, why couldn't I have yeah. still been on this show? But well, in I don't real know. life,
0: Sarah Ramos did go to Columbia.
1: Did she really? And yeah. it was after Parenthood, or was it before?
0: I think it was at this time. Wow, I think it was season four. So
1: maybe she wanted to leave. Maybe it worked out perfectly for everyone.
0: It might have been. I mean, I don't. I don't get the feeling that she was fired. No, you
1: know. no. Well, Certainly and she was not. so great. Like I mean, like you said, we've really <laughs> come to appreciate her so much. And yeah, I think it's so cool when people who have some degree of success in a certain field still end up going to college you know because I I could see making the argument like I don't need to go to college to be an actress here I am you know but I think it's probably a great idea to have that experience and and you know I I think if it's like a goal that you have I think it's cool that just success doesn't negate having that experience you know yeah well anything else that you wanted to say about the season I don't think so I don't think so either.
0: Listeners, tell us what you thought of season three. Was it your favorite or did it not stack up to the first
1: two? (laughs) We really do want to know. Again, yeah, email us or um, you can leave us comments on social media and you can find us on social media, Parenthood Pals. But really, really, don't just like, I mean, do like us and follow us, but don't just do that. Interact with us. We love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you to all the guests we've had throughout <laughs> season three. They were wonderful. From, you know, Samantha Martin way back 302 to Dax Shepard, Joy Bryant, and Lord <laughs> Graham in
1: 318. Wow. Well, kidding. Kidding. But yeah, no, we had really good guests.
0: We will see you next season.
1: Yeah. Everyone.
0: Until next season, (laughs) may God bless and keep you always.
1: And may your wishes all come for... No, I can't do that (laughs) (laughs) again. Doesn't make... And may your wishes all come true.